The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. All right, we had a playoff game last night. Rams, Cardinals, I got to be honest, it wasn't much of a game. The Rams dominated Arizona right from the start. But to talk about that game, let's take a deep dive with with our... (laughs) I'm sorry, Blake. Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds. These days are not fun days, right? Like our job generally is awesome because we get to talk about football. But the day after your team season ends to have to perform the autopsy, I appreciate you waking up early and coming on with us. Oh, yeah. You know, if if teams are getting, uh, you know, worst day of your life happens or something like that, and you got reporters shoving mics in your face, you know, at least that we can do is, you know, get a good night's sleep ahead of time before coming on. And we tell you, it's pretty dismal out there right now in Cardinals land after the complete drumming by the division rival Rams. I believe it's about the ninth time, I want to say, at least they've lost to this team with only one win over the past few years. Definitely something that we're accustomed to in Arizona, unfortunately, happens in the playoffs this year the worrying thing to me is kyler looked like he was panicking in multiple spots yesterday he is just like he gets pressure and and he just chucks the ball away like he was terrified that he was going to get hit and he throws it up for grabs and the rams took advantage like why what is going on with him Yeah, it's just been weird, you know, like someone I think compared him last night to it's like when you watch Kyler Murray from the early part of the season, you know, a guy was moving around well, taking a hit. And then later in the season, at least, it just feels like, you know, the the term Carson Wensing is a verb, I think, was Mm. what kind of took over. Uh, What's interesting is that, you know, there was, I think, a report from Jeremy Fowler that came out that said the Seahawks the week before we're basically picking the Rams saying, Hey, we played them this last week. Their body language was not great. I know there's been always comments that seem to pop up about, you know, a quarterback and their type of body language. But when you talk about that for the team, and in some cases it did kind of feel like the Cardinals didn't really want to be there for the Seahawks game. They start off seven Oh lose. I believe at least six of their last seven going down. Really the story of the season, I think really just reflects on not just the development of their quarterback in a lot of ways, but The defense as well, the offense for starters at least was a abysmal train wreck. It put their defense in poor situations, but it's not like the defense was stopping guys on the ground either. The Rams made it look way too easy up in that first half, and there's no way that Arizona was going to be able to come back in the second half at all. Uh, So when we talk about, you know, level of confidence in Kyler moving forward, I think that's something interesting to think about. And, you know, I want to be fair here because, you know, you look at some of the other first time quarterbacks in the playoffs this year, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr, uh, and those guys didn't exactly light it up as, you know, neither did Kyler Murray in his first NFL playoff start. So I think that context is important. But, I mean, you look at it here, he has seven touchdowns and seven interceptions in his final eight games, really going back to that Packers game. Now, obviously, you know, he had been banged up uh, during the season. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of, I guess, wonder how much that was a part of it, too. But, like, what is the level of confidence in him moving forward? I mean, obviously, he's your starter next year and everything. But, like, you know, like, where's the confidence level? 
Yeah, I think it really just depends on the the first thing, at least with Kyler, is going to be figuring out what's his mental state as far as what when you're talking about with pressure. Part of the pros that you talked about with a smaller quarterback like Kyler was the fact that, you know, he avoids taking big hits. He's either able to run or get away in times or would be able to, you know, sometimes take a dive versus getting blasted. Uh, there was a play last night that Matthew Stafford, like, held on to the ball too long, had a long pass that he made, and pass was incomplete. He took a huge hit, and it wasn't one of those like late quarterback hits. It was just, you get rid of the ball earlier, you're getting that 15-yard flag. Why did you hold on that late? He does a good job of avoiding some of those. Even the air raid, as far as for how it works, tries to be able to pull in horizontal pass plays, try to stretch a defense out. If he's going to not be in a spot where he's having to – be able to depend on his offensive line and looks to leave either a clean pocket or get skittish there. Or as of last night, it really wasn't a clean pocket. The Cardinals were allowing pressure up the middle. There's going to be a lot of questions that people are going to say, Hey, this kid's got talent. Is he going to be able to have the right level of coaching to not just protect him or put him in place, but maybe even just to be able to push him a little harder as far as taking one or two more of those hits, or is this a spot of adjustment that's going to be needed in that I think reflects on Cliff Kingsbury in this offense, you know, Cardinals to catch up. They go four wide receivers for the most part, four receivers. That's going to spread your offensive line a little bit thinner. And in a little bit of cases, it's not necessarily like Buffalo where you've got this deep, heavy play action. That's all shotgun based. And you feel like as the season stretched on for the most part, that a lot of the answers that the Cardinals had earlier in the season revolved around DeAndre Hopkins with him out in the passing game. It really felt like the Cardinals had some decent games, but they never truly recovered. Even the Cowboys game that they had as a win was a game that you really felt like the Cowboys themselves just came out, did not look prepared for, got beaten up front. The so there's going to be a lot of questions. No. Oh, yeah, no. Cowboys <laughs> at least were soft. I even told people before that game, hey, everyone's picking against Arizona. I'm like, this, this is going to be one of their games. That's going to be interesting to see for the future because a lot of Cardinals fans right now is like, you know, I think we said is there's going to be a – torches and uh is it pitchfork Pitchforks. sale it's like uh, the opening scene of shrek like everyone's running together all stars playing in the background you know like there's a lot of cardinals fans that are ready to not just run cliff kingsbury out of town but just looking for a fresh start and hoping to try to salvage this quarterback that we've seen a lot of talent but we've also seen at least when the big lights have been on he's always saying he wants that smoke and when the smoke has come up he just is kind of wilted well let's talk about kingsbury because you know, there are there's a difference sometimes between what's on your resume and what we see with our eyes. And you look at Cliff Kingsbury and he comes in year one, he wins five games. 2020, he wins eight games. This year, he won 11 games. Like you look at that trend, like that's exactly what you would have hoped for when you hired Cliff Kingsbury, right? Continued, sustained improvement. But then you, when you watch the game sometimes, I just the game plans that he's putting together. I mean, they're for that offense to look as stagnant as it did. You can't have that when you're supposed to be an offensive head coach. So where do you come down in the Kingsbury thing? If if it came out right now as we were doing this show that Cliff Kingsbury would was fired, would you be? What would your reaction be? Would you be happy? Would you be? What would you be? I think the first question, at least when you're looking at it, is if Cliff is going to be gone, does that mean that Steve Kime, the general manager, is going to pick a fourth head coach? Like that's going to be an interesting avenue wow. because. These guys have been essentially tied together that, you know, the whole entire 2019 off story for the Cardinals was they tried to retool, tried to be able to run it back. You know, hey, we're going to 
be able to put together a disciplined team. We like where we've been building with Bruce Arians. He goes on and retires. They move in a different direction. And they end up the worst team in a, in a almost historically bad offensive setting, at least with all of that. And looking at where they've built and improved each year now, you can at least say, all right, there's been enough that we've kind of seen from this season, at least for the most part, that, you know, we'll let them finish the season out. But they started 7-0, and they got to 10-2. and Fact of the matter is, when you start off 10-2, and you end up finishing with like a, what is it, 11 and I think it's 11 and yeah, it's just seven, seven, 11 and seven record because of the loss in the playoffs. That means that you lost seven games or five games for that one, but the seven of the last like eight, it was, just, it was crazy for how it went down. And it's the same type of slide that you've seen before the same, same type of slide that we've even seen at teams in Texas tech where they haven't been able to win big games. It brings those narratives back up. And the thing that's craziest is Kingsbury right now, if you wanted to say like, what was the complaint about him? He would go eight and eight every year at Texas Tech. They just couldn't get over that hump, at least. Or he would always go 500. He didn't have a winning record as a head coach. Well, he's 24, 24 and one now in the NFL, and it's because of these late slides. So I think, at least with Cardinals fans, the question you have is is this really then another season of everyone's on the hot seat, you know, like coming in without that type of confidence? They're in the last year of their deals. In that regard, you have to say, all right, well, like, in order to then kind of prove himself, that means Kingsbury not just has to go out and stop the slide the second half of the season, go out and be able to put together a winning record. They probably have to win a playoff game. Otherwise, it feels like that that's the, the hill, at least to be able to climb to prove this narrative wrong. Just feels like it's almost a snowball rolling down a hill, getting bigger and bigger. And in a lot of cases, at least if you're not able to overcome that, then the Cardinals, even if they end up with a winning record, even if they get to a playoff game last year, that narrative continues, you're going to see the team probably move on whether or not they end up uh, having a winning record next season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just looking early ahead to next season, I mean, we're, we're pro- possibly probably talking about Cliff as one of the coaches most likely to get fired like early in the season if there's a slow start um, because I think the pressure is on. I think next year is kind of the make or break kind of year. You're referring it to it there. Uh, Blake, I know Kime is in the last year of his deal uh, in 2022. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pressure here, it seems like. Um, now, looking back at the Cardinals collapse, you know, going one and five to end the season. The only, the only NFC team heading into the playoffs that was not four and one and was instead one and four heading into the playoffs. Um, I guess what is most to blame for that collapse and spinning it forward? What is the biggest need to get this thing pointed back in the right direction? Yeah, it's tough because the way that you'd look at that is you normally would point out health in areas, at least like the team got back guys like J.J. Watt. They got back some corners. They were trotting out cornerback six and seven, at least for guys off the practice squad against Seattle and the cornerback four got hurt. So you're like, all right, this is probably a game that you're going to lose considering where the run defense is. But it really feels like in a lot of ways that whatever happened where the Cardinals were seemingly preparing or ready to adjust it seemed like that the opposing defenses were either one step ahead or the Cardinals offense, special teams, whatever you want to call it, would always just seem to make one of these mistakes that would just be this either maybe not poorly timed mistake, but it felt like the area that it came down to was the Cardinals were just not able to get off of the field. And a lot of that started ultimately with the run defense. And this is part of where Steve Kime goes onto the spotlight because you look at the finish to the 2020 season, Uh, They end up losing a bunch of games down the stretch, have to win one game and they get into the playoffs. Uh, Obviously, have a backup quarterback comes into the game against the Rams. So it made things a bit more difficult. But the ultimate flaw that you kind of see is when the run defense has not been great, 
The Cardinals go outside a bunch of veterans to try to boost a lot of that discipline, try to be able to carry through because they felt like the guys just weren't cutting it. Well, when you go and draft two first-round linebackers and you watch Isaiah Simmons looking lost in coverage last year, Zayvon Collins has moved into a package as an edge rusher, and it's like the front office is frustrated. The coaches aren't getting those guys playing time. You feel like the coaches are also frustrated at the front office. Like, you know, where are the guys at least who are going to be reading the discipline properly? And in that case, it feels like there's a ni- enough level of dysfunction within the Cardinals organization where they're not quite on the same page. I think you do look at some of the talent level of the team and say, hey, when healthy and when you know, they're able to go on the road and punch guys. Things are great when it gets to the second half of the season and you get to the depth players and adjustments to be made. You feel like that it's a combination of, you know, some of the guys that are there at the talent just aren't quite stepping up, at least. Now, there's injuries there, but every team has su- suffered from injuries in COVID. The Colts, I believe, were down, what, four of their five starting offensive linemen and still put together a game winning drive that. Cardinals just couldn't do. And in that regard, I think you look at some level of being able to say this team has really just been a vibes team. And I think I've said that phrase before this season where it's like Cardinals are doing great. Things are going good. They forced another turnover. And then it's like their punter, you know, drops the ball. It's like, oh, no, we're just not feeling great now. This is not good. And and that's a kind of a level of toughness that I think the Cardinals did not show this season. Things were going great at 7-0. And then they come out, get punched in the face by the Lions. They've no way really to be able to respond for the most part. And that's been kind of, I think, the story of this Cardinals team right now is having to be able to figure out a little bit of their identity. And some of that gets a bit of backbone, and that's going to fall ultimately onto the 24-year-old Kyler Murray's shoulders as he's going to be kind of expected to carry the team given the fact that right now he's the one guy that you feel pretty confident is going to be whatever happens with this regime, whether it stays or goes, he's going to be there and he's probably going to get paid. We'll have to see how much his contract is and – a huge cost for Arizona too gosh they probably went from these big time extensions and everyone to like all right we'll just we'll, we'll we're gonna wait a season maybe we'll maybe we'll just wait it out and see where it goes from there <laughs> uh one last question uh for you Blake from my end uh you've been so generous with your time and the insight here has been really great but uh I'm gonna have to be a jerk and make you envision a scenario where <laughs> all right let's say NFC championship game 49ers card uh Rams Ooh. Who do Cardinals fans least want to see make the Super Bowl from those division rivals? I think at least in a lot of cases for those two, the one team that I've always kind of poked out about or said as far as for the rivals, the Cardinals, like maybe rivalry has been primarily with the Seahawks. And a lot of that's because the Cardinals beat the Seahawks at home yep, and they yeah. lose the road. But ever since the Sean McVay era began, it's been one of those avenues where the Rams have kind of been like that Patriots in the division of just this kind of monster. And they've completely struggled. They've still to this day, I think, have only beaten Jared Goff once, even when he's with the Lions. And some of that is running that same system that McVay has. And the Cardinals at some point are going to have to be able to find a way to be able to beat that level of team and beat them. And the questions I think about whether they have the staff in place for that is going to be a huge question, considering that they finally got that ghost put behind them. And then when the playoffs rose up, it's just like, oh, here you go. Same old Cardinals, same old Sean McVay. I think the Cardinals fan base in that regard would be rooting for that. Not to mention, they probably would be rooting for the Niners in that regard, just because they would love to see Jimmy Garoppolo be able to take on the reins for another season and see if they can push back that Trey Lance rookie quarterback contract and all of that stuff. Just just a bit. It's going to be an interesting time in the NFC West, at least. You don't know what's going on with Russ. Trey Lance is 
got that uh, quarterback deal. You expect him to get some point of play at least. And we'll see how well Jimmy keeps playing, I guess. And, and on the Rams, at least with Matthew Stafford, he's a bit older, but they still look like they're very legit. And we'll see how they do in the playoffs against the likes of previous Super Bowl winners. It's, it's going to be a big test, at least for the NFC West next week. You got Brady, you got Rodgers. So what I heard was adoptive 49er fan Blake Allen Murphy clearly cheering for Kyle I got plenty Shanahan. of Niners fans. I know at least for the most part. I'll be happy for all of them. But man, this year, like, it'd be fun to see the uh, AFC. It'd be fun to see the Bills finally get that first title. Cardinals fans, we haven't had a title since like 1940s, I think at least. So we're rooting <laughs> for the Bills to finally get their first one, I think would be the case. Their first one in a long, long time. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.